0: Welcome to your upfront moment. That I feel, um, I to share with We're building a confidence revolution.
1: Confidence. <laughs> 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 share, reflect, learn and grow.
0: Right. Here to change confidence, not women. Hi friends, I'm Lauren Curry, the founder of Upfront. We're an organisation on a mission to change confidence for one million women and non-binary people by 2023. And we do this in three ways. We transform your relationship and habits around confidence, power and visibility through our six-week online course. Each cohort is called a bond. Bond is the collective noun for a group of women. And over a thousand women have graduated from a bond from over 20 different countries. We build community, real, genuine, human community, where women learn how to stand up for themselves and each other. We hold each other to account. We celebrate each other and learn together. Our community is Global Bond. We create content that will inspire, challenge and motivate you to be upfront. We are here to change confidence, not women. Upfront Moment is designed to kick your week off with confidence, self-compassion and agency. Hi friend, welcome to this week's Upfront Moment. Today I am in conversation with Donna Patterson. The newspapers have been calling her the Erin Brockovich of Bradford. Donna is a Bond 6 graduate who recently took her employer to court for maternity discrimination. And she won. She took no other than Morrisons to court by herself and she won. But this isn't about Morrisons. This is about Donna and the change she's making and those that she'll inspire. Last week when I was out for a run, I actually burst into tears in the middle of the street because the gravity of Donna's win hit me right in my heart. She cross-examined eight witnesses on her own and it took her five days Five days of sheer courage and bravery. Upfront exists to serve women like Donna. Look at Donna. Do you see confidence in inverted commas? Donna isn't grandstanding. She isn't putting people down to get ahead. She isn't dominating or imposing. Her confidence isn't about being loud. Donna's confidence is about Donna. It's the voice in her head that says, I can do this. I know who I am and I know what I can do. This is what Upfront teaches you. We teach you how to do things that you used to think impossible. When you're in the bond, you learn who you are and you realise your potential. You take action. You do things that scare you. You become a woman who uses her power against huge multi-million pound supermarkets. And you win. Donna's win is a huge win. For me and the team at Upfront, it's a huge win for every single one of you who have arrived at our door because your confidence has been crushed by toxicity, discrimination, systemic injustice. Donna's win is a huge win for the hundreds of you on maternity leave who join a bond for free because you're utterly terrified to go back to work. Donna's win is a huge win for every single one of you who have been dismissed, ignored, or punished for having a baby. It was a real honour to get Donna all to myself during her whirlwind week of media coverage. I hope you love this conversation. I hope it gives you the hope that it gave me. Now let's give Donna a big round of applause. Let's go.
1: Good morning, Donna. Hi, how are you? Good morning, Lauren. Yeah, I'm good. I'm enjoying a bit more of a quieter time. The last few weeks have been fairly full on.
0: Yeah, full on with a capital F, right? We should be calling you the Erin Brockovich of Bradford. That's what the newspapers have been calling you, which is very exciting. I'm so happy that you're here because you're... Recent win has been a phenomenal moment for women, for the community of people who are fighting for women's rights and also for Upfront because you are a proud Bond 6 graduate and we kind of came along on that journey with you so I'm delighted to have you all to myself to have this conversation with my tiny headphones that have been designed for a 4-year-old's head. <laughs> <laughs> so where should we start? Tell us your story, Donna. Who are you? And what do you care about?
1: Okay. Um so I would call myself an inquisitive person and I as far back as I can remember, I've always been quite curious, which I think sometimes can be misconstrued as nosy, but I just, I like I like understanding things, I like understanding people, um, and I guess that's how I ended up in the career that I ended up in, because it's a lot to do with how people behave, and um, being a buyer, you get to influence that a lot. But yeah, I'm very curious. Um, and that uh, plays into wanting to learn things and understand things a bit better. Um, And then since becoming a parent, that learning journey has just got even bigger because the responsibility I feel for doing right by my children and um, making good decisions for them and for me it's really really important to me and sometimes that can weigh a little bit heavy um because it's a, i see it as a big responsibility um and yeah that's that's kind of a, a little bit of a, a summary introduction yeah. about me as a person
0: i mean i th- i think lots of people listening and certainly for me i really connect with your sense of responsibility to do the right thing for your children to role model how you want them to show up in the world and I know we've both got boys and that's you know a a whole new layer of complexity and nuance on how we raise the next generation of boys to be feminist and gentle and I've had some amazing conversations on this podcast with people like Dr Marta and James Routledge about that kind of male perspective on on being up front but for you so you've been all over the news for the last few weeks you have been on women's hour bbc all over the national newspapers in the uk
1: what happened tell us everything (laughs) um that side of things really did come unexpected so i I thought and hoped there would be a certain level of interest because that was one of the big reasons, one of the motivations for doing what I did was to really raise awareness about the maternity and sex discrimination that takes place pretty much on a daily basis in organisations all over England, all over the world, in fact. And I had seen it a lot I had experienced it a lot um so I really did want to pursue the case for it to be successful and there to be a certain level of awareness but what came was far exceeded my expectations um so Jolie Brearley from Pregnant and Screwed who we love you Jolie (laughs) who's charity (laughs) a big big fan The the charity, Pregnant and Screwed, was just a huge um, support to me throughout the whole um, leading up to the tribunal and throughout the tribunal.
0: So what was the, if I can just pause you there before we get into that, what was the tribunal? So you worked for Morrison's as a buyer and you were on maternity leave with your second baby. Correct. And then you decided to take them to court for discrimination and you decided to represent yourself because you couldn't afford the legal fees.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I, um, it wasn't my preference. I did not wake up and think, I want to see my employer. It was always a last resort. And I made that clear to Morrisons. I went down... With Pregnant and screwed's recommendation as well, I went down all the informal avenues. I tried everything within the business's um, structure and their processes to resolve things informally. And it was when that all was exhausted, I felt I really had no choice other than to raise a an, a, an employment tribunal claim. Or the alternative was to walk away, which is what a lot of people suggested that I might do, just walk away and move on with your life, write it off as a bad experience. Um, But uh, as well as being a curious person, I am tenacious. Another description could be bloody minded. And um, (laughs) I just did not think that it was for me to walk away from. Also going back to the the parenting thing and the sense of responsibility, Uh I read something that said that children learn by seeing, and they learn what is important to their parents by seeing how their parents behave. And I think um, that I constantly try to teach my boys, or at least the eldest, because he's old enough, to do the right thing, make good decisions, and um, understand the outcomes of his decisions. And that I think really played a part in me pursuing the claim, because how could I possibly tell my children to do what is right, and to stand up for what is right, if they don't see me doing that myself? So that is what I did. And then in terms of representing myself, again, that wasn't something that I woke up and thought, yes, yeah, what I wanted to do. I want to be Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> um, it was a case of all of my options were falling away. So... My legal protection wasn't willing to cover my legal costs because they didn't think that I had a good enough chance of success. The legal quotes that I was getting were just really scary and I didn't think I could risk racking up thousands upon thousands of pounds of cost and um, I wasn't willing to go down the route of a no win no fee settlement agreement because that was what the majority of those solicitors wanted to do and a settlement agreement pretty much comes with a non-disclosure contract which I wasn't willing to sign because like I said the big motivation for me was to raise awareness that this goes on so there I was um, with no other option if I wanted to continue with the claim but to represent myself which I did and it felt really scary. I luckily had worked in an industry where resilience was really important and confidence was really important and that got me so far but fortunately for me and you know this already I came across the concept of the organisation up front
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and i familiarized myself with it a bit i listened to you on um zoe basky's mother kind podcast mm-hmm. and i just thought this is something that i think might just help me um and it was worth a shot because um i didn't have a huge amount of other options um and luckily i joined bond six and what i learned was amazing. I said at the time I had never come across a course with such great quality content that I learned so much from um, which really appealed to me because like I said I do enjoy learning and I do enjoy understanding people and so much of the content that I learned on Bond 6 was about people and how they behave and why they do what they do.
0: Uh-huh. And so you came to Bond 6 whilst on maternity leave right
1: well I had just I had returned to work but I I then had left Morrison so I was unemployed And um, but it was still very early on um in my second child's life okay
0: so you showed up with a I've got the scary thing ahead of me and just to paint a picture for you listening on how scary this is Of the seventy-seven percent of women who experience maternity and sex discrimination, only one percent of them raise a claim. And I think that statistic shows us how brutal the system is, and that it is designed to make you give up. It is designed to make you walk away. It is a hugely, it's a risky thing, especially for a new mum, a mum that's raising a family and I guess I just this is why it's moved me kind of so much now that you've won and you've had the settlement and you've your story has already inspired thousands if not millions more women who have been exactly where you are and unfortunately will be where you were and your story represents one of hope and this is possible and you can stand against power and you can win. And that's so much about what Upfront is all about. Like, I'm I'm really curious to hear from you because you also had to cross-examine people in court. It's spread over two days. Like, I can't imagine how stressful and scary that must have been. So what was it about your your bond, the community, the content, the conversations, like can you tell us some of the moments where that really came into practice for you?
1: Yeah. So there's one particular example, there's lots of others, but one that I will I think always stand out in my mind. The weekend before the tribunal started, I re-watched a video that was part of the Bond Six content and it was Charisma versus Stage Fright with Thanks. Deborah Francis White. And I had watched it previously, which was why I was re-watching it, because I knew there would be so much information within there that would help me for the week ahead. So my tribunal started on a Monday, and it was to run for five full days. And I listened to what Deborah said. Um, And there was lots in there about your body, um, how you position yourself, where you put the weight on your feet. Um, there was an element of the room and the dynamics of the room and how mm-hmm. to control, in a sense, the the dynamics of the room. And I knew that that would be really, really important because I knew that I you were going to need to control that room, <laughs> absolutely. As an unre- yeah, absolutely. But also as an un- legally unrepresented people, a person, I was the least qualified in that room apart from the witnesses who I was cross-examining, but they weren't representing themselves, in a legal capacity, I was the only person in that room that was the least qualified to be in that room. And that's a really frightening position to be in. Um, And that was the situation I was in throughout the process leading up to the hearing, because I was corresponding with solicitors and a barrister and at times judges Um, and I have no legal background yeah
0: what was your self-talk in those moments Donna when it just felt you're the least qualified so out your depth taking huge risk probably stressed probably feeling anxious probably not sleeping very well missing your babies like what was your self-talk
1: in those moments? A lot of it was really basic stuff. So um, we learned during Bond 6 a lot about breathing. Um, So I I wrote things down um, as a reminder. Really basic things: remember to breathe (laughs) and to have uh, some water with me at all times, not to rush my words, to pause and take all the time that I needed and then other elements were just more about reminding myself why I was doing it, yeah. reminding myself that whilst I was the least legally qualified I was the one person in the room that knew the story better than anybody else, Yeah. nobody else knew it end to end the way that I did because I was the only person that had experienced all of it Um, and in a sense as a litigant in person as a legally unrepresented person that is the one advantage you have over everybody else because if I had a solicitor or if I had a barrister even though I would have explained things to them they wouldn't have understood it as intricately as me and there's an element of would they have cared as much as I cared about it? And that has its negative sides because there's emotions attached to things. But if you can handle that and if you can manage your emotions um but be passionate, I think there's an advantage to be had from representing yourself. Yeah. But you're right, Lauren, there's so much, there's so many barriers to overcome first. Yeah.
0: Did you think you were gonna win?
1: No. No, and I, to give you context, I um, will admit I am a glass half full person. I think that's come from my career and my personality. So I probably do always approach something with a, with an attitude of, well, if I expect the worst, then I won't be let down. But um, even on the Thursday evening, so we knew I knew on Thursday evening, I was going in on Friday to get the outcome. The judge had at least put me out of my misery on Thursday afternoon and told me that he had changed his mind, that he wasn't going to give a reserve judgment. So that's another frightening prospect. At the end of your hearing, you could get a reserve judgment, which means that the tribunal has up to 30 days to go away and reflect and then come back to both parties with their outcome. So he put me out of my misery on Thursday by telling me he changed his mind and he wasn't going to do a reserve judgment anymore. He was going to give an actual outcome on Friday. But that sent my mind spiraling because I thought, well, does that mean mm. he has come to the conclusion of, it, it's simple, discrimination has not taken part here. So uh, yeah, I can I can give my outcome quite quickly. So yeah, that was a little bit scary. Yeah. Not a little bit scary, it was massively scary. A big um, bit scary,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, not knowing um, on Thursday what I was walking into on Friday. And on Friday, I um, I didn't have to be in there first thing. So I decided that the best thing to distract my mind was to do exactly what I would do most Fridays. So Fridays has always been my day with my little boy, whether it's my eldest or my youngest. So I took him to this beta, this kid class thing that we do on a Friday morning, which was so bizarre because it was the complete opposite to everything that had happened that week. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I had been in a courtroom. I had been doing really scary things. And on Friday morning, I found myself in this village hall with all these little kids running around doing their thing. But I think it was the best option for me to just, it was like a reset button. It was this is what's important in life.
0: Yeah, and I imagine significant because it's like the future generation running around, like helping you reconnect with that's what all this is for in the first place. And how did you feel when you heard the verdict?
1: Oh, wow. Um, Really, really emotional. Just really, it was, it was just the most immense feelings um thankfully the judge did it a little bit like a sticky plaster and did it really quick and fast and within the first few minutes of of sitting down I wasn't sure if it was going to be a big long protracted speech and then at the end but thankfully he did that at the beginning and then followed it with a big long speech which I understand why because there's so many legal formalities that have to be followed um but I knew quite quickly, thankfully, that I had been successful, and I can just still probably feel now the stream of tears <gasps> that just came down my face. And I think even if I thought it was appropriate to, you know, jump about with delight, I didn't have it in me to do that. Um, but I was quite conscious of appropriate ways to behave and inappropriate ways to behave because it was a really formal setting. So um, I don't don't think I would have ever done that had I even had the energy. I just felt so emotional because I had won and all my effort was worth it. But more than that, it was the validation of everything that I had thought had happened. Somebody validated it. Somebody impartial had said, Yes, what happened was wrong, and it also broke the law, which up until that point, I didn't know, and that was the big thing that played on my mind. I knew what had happened was morally wrong, but did it meet the criteria to have broken employment law Mm. and the Equality Act?
0: And it's such a significant moment, because, of course, then you entered into this hurricane of press and stories you were on tv on women's hour like what was that like because again you know you're it's not not was not part of your career or your job up until now
1: so how was all that it it was just wild (laughs) (laughs) really really wild and exciting and overwhelming and I guess before that all had kicked in something that's probably worth flagging up was there was a real um I don't know how else to describe it other than a downer uh-huh. so on the Friday there was this big high of success but on Saturday I woke up and felt really I don't know just completely out of sorts and yeah. um, I was receiving lots of congratulations but it felt like everyone's pride in me everyone's delight In my success wasn't enough somehow to compensate for this really empty, weird, weird feeling that I felt. Luckily, I reached out to other people that had been through employment tribunals because, like we've already said, not many people go through this. Because although lots of people experience it for hugely different reasons, not everybody follows through with the claim. But luckily, I reached out and. Everybody reassured me that what I was feeling was entirely normal. It was a big come down. But then we move into this whirlwind of media attention. Um, So a lot of it, I think, was kicked off by the post that I had said to Jolie at Pregnant Screwed. I was happy for it to go out. I wanted people to know that this had happened. And um, the post just went crazy on Instagram. Lots of people commented it on them just like I had myself in the past when I had seen somebody being successful because it means so much it means there is a chance that things are going to get better that perhaps one day that this won't be a conversation that we need to have um so yeah there was lots of interest in that and then different organizations started approaching Pregnant and Screwed so Woman's Hour reached out to them they reached out to me and then all of these different other outlets reached out And it felt really overwhelming. I went on to Woman's Hour on that that Monday. And when I came out of Woman's Hour, my phone has never rang or received as many messages ever, ever. (laughs) Um, I remember getting the train back up from London to leave. And I was sat at one of the tables on the train, and I was really conscious that these people sat around me must have been thinking, will she just stop answering her phone? Because (laughs) it's like, I'm an important lady. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. and I know this isn't very upfront, but I felt really awkward about that. (laughs) You know, who, you know, the the whole imposter syndrome and all of that of who does she think she is um, talking on the phone and answering these calls about interviews um but i just felt really um lucky i think to be able to be part of raising awareness and um i had mentioned before when um discussing joining uh, bond 6 that i felt this responsibility to pursue my claim because so many other people don't and that did you know um weigh a bit heavy on my shoulders that sense of responsibility and the same applies now I feel a responsibility to really really shout out and raise awareness about this going on because it does go on all of the time and even you've probably read in the article uh, Morrison's response and despite everything that's happened Morrison still claim in their response that they don't believe what they did was unfair it's awful. so if anything that puts even more pressure on to drive home that this did happen it was unfair and it did break the law
0: yeah and I think this story will be you know I know there will be hundreds of people forward in this episode to people that they know are experiencing maternity discrimination or discrimination of some kind. And I know that you've decided that this is what you want to work on now, that you want to help other women do what you did. So tell us a wee bit about what's next for you. What does that look like?
1: So I have set up um a company called Let's Talk Work. Woop woop. Yeah, I, I never thought those words would come out. Love it. <laughs> yeah. And um so I have an Instagram page, I've set up a website, I have already been contacted by people which probably shouldn't come as a surprise because this is going on so often. So I'm trying to help others um have the courage and self-belief that they can do what I did. I do keep caveating it with, I get why people don't do it. And um, I'm really conscious that I don't want to be seen as somebody saying that everybody should do yeah, this. This is sure. doable because it's not, that's not fair. It, there are so many reasons why you shouldn't um you know people are concerned about reputational damage, their mental well-being, yep. uh, time, and um, resources. but there are some out there that can, like you've already mentioned the statistic, seventy seven percent of working mothers experience this, but one percent raise a claim. I believe that there is somewhere in between those two numbers a a group of people that can pursue Absolutely. claims. and there are there are women out there doing it already from those that have contacted me and just knowing what um what is happening out there and so I want to basically download everything that I know and have experienced during my time to them because what a waste it would be if I did nothing with this because when in your life do you learn something and study something and then never ever use it again and that's what would have happened if I hadn't have done what I am doing, which is helping people through Let's Talk work, uh, understanding the process, what, what something means, what a preliminary hearing is, what a list of issues are, um, what do cross-examination questions look and sound like, that, all that kind of thing.
0: Well we'll put in our show notes a link to your Instagram and your website so I encourage if you're listening if you think you're being discriminated against it is very very likely that you are so do reach out to Donna have this conversation Pregnant Then Screwed are a phenomenal charity I am biased I am the chair of their board and You know, I get to see the data behind the scenes there and there is so much work to be done. The numbers are all going in the wrong direction. Mothers are on their knees. So pregnant and screwed are always looking for volunteers, donations, support. There's lots of ways you can help them. There's also VALA, which is a new tech startup which is making the the actual process much easier to take your employer to court for all sorts of different discrimination cases so if this is you you know my email lauren at weareupfront.com Donna's details are in the show notes please don't feel that you're alone because I know that for Donna for you too, like having a community having the community around you of people who are saying I do believe you that this is real and this did happen and I think you can do it especially on those days where it feels overwhelming you know it really matters so don't feel that you're that you're alone in this. And I'd love to end by asking you about our mission because I feel you are, your story is one that I will never forget. I'm so proud that Upfront played a small part in your journey to do this phenomenal thing and and have this win. And you know that we're on a mission to support one million women and non-binary people. And I'd love to hear from your vantage point of how you see the world how you think
1: the world will be different when we achieve that goal? So I've been thinking about this one because I've listened, I've listened to other episodes, but I am more than aware how important that objective is to upfront. And what I hope and want to happen, and I think will happen, is that women will stop self-censoring themselves. So they will stop holding themselves back or finding reasons to not pursue things or do things that are scary for them. And because of that, or as well as that, women will be listened to and they will be respected. And all of that brilliant stuff that all of the women out there that you know and believe in, Lauren, that they are capable of doing will happen because they will be putting themselves forward. But when they put themselves forward, they will be listened to and they will be respected. Beautiful.
0: Well thank you for thank you for the sacrifice, for the hard work, for the sleepless nights, for the emotional roller coaster, for the study time, for I just can't even imagine the the kind of day-to-day of the journey you've been on. What an incredible win for mothers for working mothers it's just phenomenal so thank you so much Donna it's been really lovely to get to have this conversation with you and I know that our listeners will be feeling
1: moved and inspired by being reminded of what's possible and a thank you back to you Lauren because what you're doing is incredible it really is incredible I don't know anyone out there who is doing anything like what you're doing and the dedication that you put into it as well Oh, thank you so much.
0: This week, your upfront challenge is to have a conversation with somebody you trust at your workplace, in your team, about what discrimination at your workplace looks like. And if that idea makes you feel uncomfortable, that probably means it's a good idea. We have to keep our eyes open. We have to have these conversations. Nobody is coming to make this better. It's on us. It's on you. And it's on me. So this week, have the conversation with somebody you trust. Let me know how you get on.
1: Thank you so much
0: for listening, friend. Let me know how you get on with your Upfront Challenge. You can always write to me lauren at weareupfront.com let me know what this moment made you think about and don't forget to sign up to our amazing Upfront newsletter every Tuesday I send links inspiration and insight around confidence, power and visibility to over 5,000 inboxes guaranteed gumption and action bye friends I'll see you on Monday for your next Upfront moment